welcome to my podcast which is all about changing your business and money reality this is your master money coach dr gaurav dekha and you are money hello my friends how are you i am so excited to come back after the first four episodes i took some time to record those episodes and then i took a breather for myself because in the last 3 months i was running several programs i was running a program on intergenerational trauma called the systemic medicine course level 1 where i train different people coming from different areas of life to become coaches in the field of inherited family trauma ancestral trauma and intergenerational trauma then i was running of course the pilot batch of my money coaching program called ateps abundance stepping expansion practice series and we had lots and lots of fun there and then in the end i was uh, coaching a group of people in a program called do you want my energy it was a group coaching program and it was a general life coaching program people from different walks of life came to look at their inner landscape and change their belief systems and thoughts and towards the beginning of may i had a physical family constellation program in delhi and i met 12 brilliant people who came to resolve their intergenerational traumas here physically in delhi uh it was hosted at ibis hotel and we had lots of fun even there it was i would say one of the most intense workshops i did i'm sure i'm going to talk about family constellations in upcoming episodes of my podcast i might also have guests but let me tell you shortly about family constellation it's one of the modalities that i use wherein i help people locate where intergenerational traumas are located in their ancestral line in their family line because there are traumas which occur way before we are born way before we come into this world in the lives of our mother and father in the lives of our grandfather grandmother that continue to affect us that continue to be a very solid part of our lives even when we may not be aware of them they may be a part of our unconscious sometimes financial traumas that have happened many many years back sometimes hundreds of years back a century back can find expression in our own life events like migration events like someone being looted someone's wealth taken away inheritance issues can continue to affect our life even though they may not have happened in our life they may not be a part of our personal experience and they could be a part of our grandfather grandmother's personal experience and they can continue to impact the way we receive money the way we perceive money the way we operate manage save or not save money or even the way we spend money but that is going to be for another day today i want to talk about something else but before i do that i want to tell you that the entire month of may i went on a vacation so i and my partner went to krabi in thailand and all i did was getting soaked in the sun swimming a lot everywhere that i could every nook and corner right in all kinds of waters possible 
and I sipped a lot, a lot, a lot of Thai tea. And it was most brilliant, most amazing. And that's where I allowed my nervous system to unwind. And I talk a lot about unwinding the nervous system, even on Facebook and my Instagram. And why do I, why do I see that as important, as an important ingredient of me being able to make money in my life? Because I know that without unwinding my nervous system, without allowing it rest and restoration, I will not be able to open my nervous system to a state of receiving, right? I will not be able to breathe into my nervous system and be in a state where I'm able to vibrate with the abundance that I really desire in my life, right? Only when my nervous system is regulated, only when I am able to rest, only when I'm able to be in the flow, that is when the way I show up in the world, the way I come for this podcast, the way I write my post on Instagram, on Facebook, everything that I do has to come from this space of deep harmony and rest. As a result of which, I'm not agitated. I'm not anxious. I'm not trying to be a perfectionist. I'm not grappled by shame. I'm not trying to manage my time running from here and there. I'm not thinking that my audience is judging me. I'm not bothered by judgments of people in the outside world. And my thoughts are not scattered. As a result of which, I'm absolutely in an open receiving state, right? And therefore, my business and my work happens in a state of ease. As a result, because I'm in a state of ease, I definitely create more because I don't give into exhaustion. I don't feel the burnout. And as a result, I definitely make more money. And this is one of the primary reasons I tell people that see, for you to be able to make money, you have to allow yourself to become yourself. Who are you? And I know this question can be a cliched question, right? Who are you? I am this person who thinks in this way, who thinks that the world is an unsafe place. I am this person who is unable to trust the people I interact with. I am this person who thinks that the world judges me and doesn't take me seriously. I am this person who thinks that I need to please the world in order for them to like me. I am this person who gets upset when I don't receive the number of likes or comments that I anticipate, that I think that I should receive for this post. So, what happens when I have these kind of thoughts about who I am? What happens when I am mired in shame and perfection and guilty and worthlessness about how the world sees me and who should I be in order for them to like me, for them to buy my services, buy my work? What happens? I don't come across as my authentic self. I don't show up in the world with a nervous system that feels free, 
that feels liberated, that feels a lot at ease and harmony because I'm constantly trying to monitor my nervous system into what I should do and what I should not do, how I should present and how I should not present. And it can be as simple as showing up for a live on Instagram or showing up for a live on Facebook. Let's say if you are a coach or if you're a healer, right? And you want to talk about your products, you want to talk about your services, and you show up in a live. And before you show up in a live, all kinds of thoughts are running through your head. Some of the thoughts are, I have to speak in a legible way. I cannot speak about sex and racism and, uh, you know, topics that are taboo. You know, I have to be able, I have to be presentable so that the crowd likes me. I have to answer each and every question that comes up in this life because otherwise I'm going to upset people. No one is going to like me if I am not dressed well. If the light is not shining on my face, if I don't have a, you know, head ring light, then, you know, I may come across as someone who is shabby. When I have these kind of thoughts, even before the life, I end up, I end up being very anxious, very insecure. I end up downplaying myself. I end up feeling already that I'm less. As a result of which, what happens is I go in this very diminished state in front of all the people who are viewing me, who are listening to me. And they might not be thinking about what I'm thinking about myself. They are here because they want to listen to me. But I feel all these anxious thoughts as a result of which I don't create the result that I want. What was the result that I wanted? The result that I wanted was people to engage, people to ask me questions about my services, about my coaching, about my healing, and people to, people for, people to buy my program. But that doesn't happen right? That doesn't happen because my preliminary thoughts, even before I went for that life, were a lot of anxious thoughts, thoughts where I could not trust the world, thoughts where I could not trust myself, thoughts where I couldn't consider myself worthy enough to show up, thoughts which brought up feelings of shame and guilt and perfection. As a result of which, my nervous system was all jittery. It was all haphazard. My neural impulses were like these rockets which do not have any direction, flying off the track, flying everywhere basically, right? Shooting through the roof. That's how my nervous system was. And as a result, my authentic self is compromised. I don't get to be myself. I don't get to be my wild, crazy, real self that I am, right? I don't get to be my original self. As a result, as a result, I'm not at peace, but I am in a lot of anxiety. And that's what happens when you are out there to talk about what you do, talk about your work, talk about the services that you do, talk about your coaching, talk about your healing, the processes that you use, the kind of testimonials that you have received as a coach, right? Now, why is it so difficult to be yourself? Why is it so difficult? Why does it take so much of time? I took a lot of time to actually become myself. Trust me. You know, I 
almost took around a decade. Starting from med school where I was this really scared, anxious child who just could not speak up, who was so afraid to, um, to, to talk about anything he believed in. And everything that I felt was about shame. Everything, I, every time I thought that I would open my mouth, someone is gonna smack me. That's what I felt actually. And why did I feel all of that? I felt all of that because there are traumatic experiences in my life, which made me feel that way, right? There were traumatic experiences in my childhood. There were traumatic experiences that my parents had gone through that they had unknowingly percolated down to me, which means that one of the biggest blocks that blocks us from being ourselves is trauma, right? So trauma not only dissociates a part of us, not only shuts down our nervous system, but also the residual effects of trauma continue to remain in our body, continue to remain in our nervous system, affecting the way we show up, affecting the way we talk, affecting the way we communicate, affecting the way we even look at the world, right? And it is possible that we may have traumatic experiences in our childhood. I often call the first time a child experiences a trauma as initial sensitizing event because it's the first time that a child is going through a trauma, right? So I call it an initial sensitizing event. And it is often observed that the initial sensitizing event is reinforced by similar traumatic experiences, okay? For example, when I was a child, I was a very talkative child. I loved talking. I loved blabbering, you know? which is what I do now, right? I do a lot of talk. I love chatting with people, random people. And uh, my parents always said that, listen, Gaurav, don't talk to strangers. You know, something wrong might just happen. You know, uh, you shouldn't talk to such and such people. You shouldn't talk to these people, right? And although that was not a traumatic experience, I somehow inculcated and absorbed that not everywhere can I speak about things that I wanted to speak about. Not everywhere could I just blabber, right? That was not traumatic. But one day what happened is one of my father, father's cousin, um, he visited home and, and then I started blabbering. I was a little boy. I started talking about the cartoon shows that I was enjoying and the picture book that my father had got. And this cousin sort of reprimands me and tells me that you are not supposed to speak like that. And it gives me a look and I feel so scared. I still remember that look. I still remember those eyes digging deep into my body and my heart. And he said that, you know, you just can't talk like this. You have to learn discipline. You have to learn mannerisms. You have to sit in a certain way when you talk. And that became my initial sensitizing event. And even in school, I got reprimanded a lot of times by teachers, by people who'd say that, oh, you, you, you talked so much, go outside the class. These kind of things, right? And, and then when I was in med school, 
And I started writing. Some of my professors really ridiculed me saying that, you know, if you are a medical student, you're not supposed to write about these things. How can you just write in a newspaper? Or how can you write in a magazine? Or how can you write about things like sexuality and sex? And how can you write about things like women's rights? Right? You are just a 17 year old, 18 year old boy. How can you talk about things like capitalist economy? You know nothing about it. You know, so just hold your horses, hold your tongue. And that these were a lot of reinforcing events that contributed to me slowly and slowly sinking into silence, right? And as a result, I lost my voice. Thanks to years of therapy and coaching that I can speak to all of you today and I can tell my truth and I'm able to feel light as I speak to you. I'm, my nervous system is completely at rest while I do this recording, right? But it took me a lot of unwinding. It took me a lot of inner work. It took a lot of work on my therapist and coach who helped me dig deeper into my childhood, retrieve and recollect those parts of my childhood, look at them with care and trust, and finally embrace and integrate them, right? That's what we do in a form of therapy called inner child therapy. I teach a lot of inner child work pertaining to how inner child work is important to business and creation of money in ATEPS, my business and money coaching program. I'll give you another example of initial sensitizing event, ISE, I call it ISE, followed by reinforcing events. For example, let's say if you are having an ice cream, I'm assuming that you are, you might be, <laughs> you might be 30 years old, you might be 40, 40, 40 years old, you might be 35 years old, and you are having an ice cream and a friend comes and snatches that ice cream from your hands, what are you going to do? You will either laugh or you will be angry or you will snatch it back. You have the agency to do what you want to do because you are an adult, right? Consider this happening. Consider this happening to a little five-year-old. Consider this happening to a little six-year-old, right? How would they feel? What is going to happen to their nervous system? It's a traumatic experience for them the kind of belief that this child is going to form is I can't trust the world. The world will snatch away everything that I own. People are out there to loot me. Every time I am happy and I am in pleasure and I'm enjoying my life, someone out there can come and take away everything from me. These are the kind of belief systems that will eventually get formed in the mind of this child. So when this child grows up into an adult, the child will not be able to enjoy or the adult will not be able to enjoy their money. They will not be able to enjoy their richness even if they make money. They will not be able to be vocal about the work they do, about the business they do. 
even if they want to talk to their friends, they will always have this nagging feeling behind somewhere in their minds, which will tell them if you talk about it, something wrong is going to happen. Someone is going to sabotage it, right? Because of that single, even in childhood, right? This is how these belief systems become a core fundamental part of our being, of the way we look at the world, of the things we believe about the world, right? And that's why we end up dissociating from ourselves. We tell ourselves that I can't be myself and we lock that part inside. The child who was enjoying that ice cream, who initially believed that it's safe to be who I am in this world, enjoying my day. That is a part that is locked up somewhere and put inside a box. This is what we call as dissociation. When we take away a part of ourselves, throw it into a dark room, when we cut cords within our own self and we do not allow those parts to ever show up. Like I, for the longest time, believe that I can't speak up in public because if I do that, Someone out there is going to reprimand me for things I'm talking about. Someone out there is going to ridicule me, criticize me. Someone out there might even send me a threat maybe and tell me that, you know, you can't speak up like this. You can't speak about these things. That kind of stare, that kind of voice, that threat, which plays like a, you know, repeating uh, record player in my head that part, that trauma was kept in a box for a long, long time because I separated that part of me from this part. That original part of me believed that, oh, it's safe to talk about things I want to talk about. It's safe to blabber. It's safe to um, fumble. It's safe to sit in a certain way while talking. It's safe to wear whatever I want to wear while talking to people. It's safe to, you know, sort of go out on the road and talk to a stranger if I want to. All those original parts were locked away because I was made to believe otherwise. I was made to believe that I can't talk to people, that I can't use my voice, that I can't write about topics that are considered um, complex or conflicting or taboo in this world right? So what happens as a result of trauma is we lose our original authentic self, right? Because being that authentic self, if you try to be that authentic self, then there is a threat. Then there is a threat by the world that I may have to go through this trauma again. So better lock it up, better dissociate, better disconnect from this part, right? And instead, what do we bring in for ourselves? We bring in a lot of shame. We bring in a lot of guilt. We bring in a lot of fear. And these become this tight armor that we wear, right? This tight armor that we wear. And basically this tight armor is the price we pay for carrying uh, this, this, this trauma with us, you know? is the price we pay because then we are not our original self. And the more we are not our original self, 
the more our nervous system is in disharmony, the more our nervous system is in absolute dysregulation. It just cannot find ease, just can't feel the joy of being who you are, right? Instead, this nervous system is hypersensitive, hyper aware, hyper vigilant, constantly scanning for threat, constantly monitoring the way you are, the way you talk, the way you communicate, the way you sell, right? I see this a lot in the lives of coaches and healers actually. Because in my experience, all coaches and healers come from their own personal experience of trauma. They have been through different kinds of you know, traumatic experiences. Some of them have gone through a very difficult childhood. Some of them came from families where their parents couldn't be together. Some of them come from um, families where they had to migrate and lose everything that they had. Some of them come from personal spaces of betrayal, right? So as healers and as coaches, we all have been through traumatic experiences in our own life. And it is in the healing journey that finally we gather the courage to not only become ourselves, but somehow have this sense that if I can do it, so can other people. So I want to go and teach people how to do it. I want to go and work with people who are going through similar experiences that I, I've been through, right? And that often becomes an inspiring moment, inspiring uh, inner slogan for all of us to be able to go and work with the world, right? To be able to go and impact people's lives positively to change and transform their life, right? However, in doing so, it takes a lot of time. And therefore, even when we have the skills to be a coach, even when we have the skills to be a healer, we can't effectively put ourselves out there. We can't effectively ask people to buy our work. We can't effectively believe that we can have a business, a thriving business, wherein we can have clients and they can, they can be there to work with us, that we can have paid clients, right? Why does that happen? Why does that happen? It happens because our self-worth was crushed so many times from the ISC to the RE, from the initial sensitizing event to the reinforcing events, so many times the self-worth was crushed that now it takes a lot of time to come out of that traumatic experience and be completely myself. And then not only do that, but also relearn to trust the world that the world wants me, that the world wants to work with me, that the world sees me as valuable. These kinds of thoughts are difficult to have, even for coaches and healers, 
because all of us come from wounded spaces, right? And because we come from wounded spaces, it is important, therefore, to be in a container, to be in a group where every one of us can witness each other's wounds. We are able to make a journey back to those wounded experiences, not only heal them, not only release them, but also integrate them and learn newer ways of showing up in the world. Because a true journey actually, you know, the true journey actually is becoming yourself once again. My truest journey was becoming that child who could just blabber, right? <laughs> who could just blabber, imagining and thinking that, oh, everyone is listening to me. Everyone wants to hear me. I speak so well. Everyone uh, loves me for whatever I speak. That was my initial thought before it was taken away, dissociated and traumatized and put in a box. My journey today, as I've come full circle, is to go back to believing those thoughts once again, that it's okay to blabber. It's okay to talk whatever I want to talk. All of my audience likes to listen to me. These were my original thoughts and all the trauma work that I did has brought me full circle to my original being, to my authentic being. And that is the reason, my friends, that's the reason I sell so much. That's the reason I am able to talk about my services. I'm able to talk about my coaching business. I'm able to talk about my coaching programs without even thinking what I'm talking about. Even if I'm not making sense to thousands of people out there, I might be making sense to just 10 people who are out there to listen to me because they believe in me and I believe in them. And for me to have that kind of trust in myself and more so to have that kind of trust in the world who is receiving me right now as this podcast is going on, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of investment. It took a lot of energy and it took a lot of work for my coaches and for my healers. This is exactly what we do in my money and business coaching program. We do a lot of other things. We, of course, talk about business. We talk about marketing. We talk about selling. We talk about making more money, vibrating in the vibration of abundance. We do a lot of those stuff. But we also come from a very, very trauma-informed space. We just don't tell people, oh, gather up the courage, you know, have the confidence, you know, go and shop in the world. We don't do that. If people are not able to do that, if coaches and healers in my program are not able to be their authentic self, which basically uh, doesn't allow them to make the money that, could have, that they could have potentially made, crazy shitload of money, then I'm going to help them look at what blocks them. What kind of traumatic experiences are there that they need to address, look, embrace, acknowledge, maybe journal it out, maybe do some breath work. What is required to witness that part of us that is sitting inside a dark box and not letting us retrieve and recover and be who we truly are, right? Because 
when we dissociate and disconnect, as I said, there is always a hidden price that we pay. This price is my business does not thrive. I don't get to be the coach, the healer that I am in my most original authentic form that I could be of in so, so much of service to the people that I am working with. Because if I am not authentic, if I am not this wild, crazy version of me, how can I inspire my, my students? How can I inspire my clients to be that? How, how do I even imagine that all of these people who have come to work with me as clients, I will be able to show them their authentic self. I will be able to walk with them in their journey to find their most original parts and original versions. How do I do that if I'm not aligned towards finding those parts of me, right? And therefore, that's what is important. In ATEPS, we do this work. We do this work with all our heart and mind. We do this work by inquiring into the past. We do this work by questioning the thoughts that we have. We do this work by connecting to those emotions in the body and releasing from the body. So it's not just talking, talking, talking that we do in our coaching program. I firmly believe that business actually comes from your body. How you feel inside your body is how you are going to feel in your business. If you feel agitated, nervous, jittery inside your body, when you are selling, when you're talking about your services, when you are talking to your potential clients, this is what you are going to feel about money as well and creation of money in your business. And these feelings come from our past. The good part is we can work with them inside a container, inside the presence of coaches in a safe space. That's what, that's the work that I do because that's the work I did for myself and I believe in it, right? So dear friends, I'm going to leave you here today and I'll come back soon. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are willing to change your business and money reality, head to my free coaching community on Facebook called You Are Money. Link is in the show notes. And do not forget to leave a review on Spotify.com or Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much.